Hey, well, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. We are in the middle of a series on Christmas, and we are answering five questions that the Jewish people should be asking about Christmas. And in the last podcast, we gave a quick intro, and we answered the question, where will the Messiah be born? This one is dedicated to answering when will the Messiah be born? And to that, I say, who cares when he's born? Does it matter? He could be born anytime. As long as he comes, he comes. Well, it's, it's actually a very important matter. Um, the Messiah had to come while the second temple was still standing. Okay, let's let's back up for a second. The second temple, how many temples were there? Like if I, if I just landed from outer space and I just got here, the second temple, give me some, when was the first temple? Well, the first temple was Solomon's temple. That one was destroyed during the Babylonian captivity in 586 BC or BCE, however you want to say it. All right, so almost 2,600 years ago. <clears throat> yeah. That was a long time ago. So that, that was kind of from about 1,000 BC. That, that temple stood for a little more than 400 years. Yeah, okay, and Babylon comes in, destroys it. First temple, kaput, gone. Okay, that was the first temple. First temple was known as Solomon's temple, and the Jewish people were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years, and they were finally given permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And so that second temple, that would have been Zerubbabel's temple, uh, according to the scriptures, and they began rebuilding it from that time forward. And of course, uh, Herod came along and he did a major expansion on the temple and the temple mount and the site and everything. So at the time that Jesus, Yeshua, was here on earth, the, te the temple was standing in Jerusalem, but that temple was not the original temple built by Solomon. It was Zerubbabel's temple. And so that was up there for a few hundred years as well, though not as glorious, not as wonderful, didn't have the huge Shekinah glory moment that happened before. But that temple was there and standing, but was also destroyed about 40 years after the death of Jesus. Yeah. So that window, if, if Jesus was born, let's say, in the 200s, right, in the second century AD, then he couldn't have been the Messiah because what you just said was the Messiah must come while the second temple was still standing. Now, did you make that up or where did you get that from? Yeah, no, well, we can't make it up. Uh, and that's the question is how do we come to the fact that uh, Messiah had to be born during this time before that second temple is destroyed? Malachi gives us a prophecy on this in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Now, uh, Malachi was not promising that Elijah would appear before the first coming of the Messiah. We get a lot of questions and uh, a lot of confusion over this, but Malachi is actually prophesying that he would come before the second coming of the Messiah. 
He says that Elijah is going to come before the second coming. Now, we you just introduced another character. So we have Elijah. Elijah is said to be the forerunner to the Messiah. And we get this. This is uh, Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Elijah's going to come, but there's there's more than one coming, and we got to get to this, right? So how do we track this? It's interesting because, you know, the disciples were a little confused themselves. Yeah, um, always. Th- th- these guys were confused a lot of the time. We're not the greatest believers in the world. Uh, in fact, in, in the Gospel of John, when Yeshua tells them that uh, don't let your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you might be also. And so they don't know what he's talking about. And Thomas says uh, to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how, do, how can we know the way? And Yeshua says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then to make it uh, even a little bit more uh, with questions, he says, if you would have known me, you would have known the Father also. You would have known my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And Philip then pops up (laughs) and he says, uh, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. (laughs) So uh, they are a little confused. Uh, And so if we turn to Mark chapter 9 and verse 11, they're asking him, why do the, they're coming down from the, the mountain of transfiguration, and they're asking, why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? They didn't understand that the Messiah would come twice. He would come the first time, and then he would come a second time. He would return. And Yeshua acknowledged that the teaching of the scribes was actually correct. He said to to the disciples, he says, Elijah does come first to restore all things. Now, Elijah, he comes and he restores all things, but he comes before Messiah's second coming, not before his first coming. Right. Right. So if you finish that, this is Mark chapter 9. Verse 12, if you finish out that verse, it says, And how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? That, that is the kicker to the whole thing, because if Elijah came before the Messiah came the first time and restored all things, then the prophecies about his suffering would have been fulfilled at that point. Um, you know, Jesus in this moment, he's talking to the disciples, and obviously he's omniscient. He knows everything. Uh, he knows something that the disciples just can't figure out. They're they're perplexed, and he's saying, well, we have this, and we have this, and we have this, and they're all, I'm still confused. I remember a time back in high school, personal story time, okay? Can I take a quick break? Yeah, cool. Uh, in high school, there was a girl that liked me, believe it or not. <laughs> um, she liked me but I did not know that she liked me. But she worked this thing out. There was a winter formal that she didn't have enough chutzpah 
to ask me out. And, and I would have never asked her out because it just wasn't on my radar. But she got her best friend to ask me out to the winter formal. And then she, this girl that liked me, she asked another guy and we did a double date. Are you tracking? Are you even listening? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying remember. to remember who this girl is. Yeah, I'll have to tell you later. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, just, I don't want to embarrass her here. But I pick her up and then bring her over to her best friend's house. And then afterwards, after the dance and everything's happened, we're driving back. I'm going to drop her off, the one that likes me, but I don't know about it. I just think we're friends. And I'm dropping her off. And she says, you know, I know somebody who likes you. I said, oh, really? Who? And she said, well... I don't, I don't know if I can tell you. And she's dropping all of these hints the entire time. It's her. And guess who has no clue? Yeah. You would have qualified as one of the disciples. There you go. Did I, <laughs> I, I went far to try to make a point there. But that's essentially where the disciples are at. Finally, I figured it out. The disciples, some of them didn't even figure it out until after the death and the resurrection. Um, they were really searching for all of that. But Mark is trying to put his finger on something here. How is it written that the Son of Man, that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt. How is that possible if there's going to be this restoration of all things? Right. They, they had their own eschatology as to what the Messiah would do when he came. He would vanquish all of Israel's enemies. He would set up the millennial temple. He would ascend the throne of his father, David, and he would now rule from Jerusalem. And the... Uh, the messianic kingdom would be underway. This is what they were expecting. Yeah, Now, and we weren't planning on talking about this, but essentially, let me just hit this real fast, is that really in, in Judaism, there there's this sense of there's two messiahs, right? There is Mashiach or Messiah, son of Joseph, Joseph. and there is Mashiach ben David, Messiah, son, son of, of David. David. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that to be one Messiah, but really it's been split out. Uh, that, that when Jesus came, that he was going to come not to bring about that huge kingdom, to overthrow Rome and to bring about peace, to come as the conquering king, but he would come as a suffering servant. Right. He was coming as Messiah, the son of Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. And so the Jewish people, uh, they see two messiahs here in the scripture. Uh, They see the son of Joseph and they see the son of David. And the son of David is the conquering messiah. That's the one that they're looking for. That's the one they're even looking for today. So who do they think it was, was the messiah, the son of Joseph? I don't think they had a good sense of who that would be or even owning any of that uh, as far as part of the credentials of the Messiah. And yet the scripture is just replete with, uh, you know, with uh, prophecy that the Messiah would come and he would suffer. I mean, in, in Daniel 9:26, it talks about the fact that the Messiah would come at a specific time. In fact, Daniel points out the exact day that he's going to come and he will be cut off. In other words, he will be killed. Yeah, after 62 sevens, right? The anointed one. He'll be put to death and he will have nothing, yeah. right? Yeah, um, 62 and 7, 69. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that's a whole math problem. We'll yeah. just we'll do it another time. <laughs> Isaiah 53, right, is, mm-hmm. is a key passage, and we'll, we'll spend a whole whole episode on that in the future, but Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed, right? Mm-hmm. You need more. Go to Psalm mm-hmm. 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You could go to Zechariah 9. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, but lowly and riding on a donkey. Yeah, he doesn't come riding on a white stallion this time. He comes riding on a donkey. Right. A donkey, not a donkey. 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 Just yeah. want to clarify. All right. So the first act, Act 1, is telling us that when the Messiah would come, he would come as, as the suffering servant. But he came even as a baby. Right, he, he, came, he came with the entire purpose of dying. You know, we made and back to Christmas, we make such a, a a deal, and it's okay to make a deal out of it. But this baby who was born, we need to realize, you know, those cute little hands with ten fingers and those cute little feet with ten toes were born to be pierced in the taking on of our own sin. The suffering of the Messiah was there from beginning, right from the beginning. When you think about when you think about Christmas, we're you know, I celebrate the birth of the Messiah every day. The two ordinances that have been given to the church, both are concerning his death. And that's what we were looking at in the suffering of the Messiah. This is what is being set forth here in Mark, that the Son of Man, that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt. If Elijah came at that time and restored all things, how would he be suffering, and uh, where would that be? Where would that work into the into the timeline? Right. So it Ma- doesn't. Right, it doesn't. Ma- Matthew picks up on this in uh, Matthew seventeen, verse eleven. Um, Jesus answers. He says, "Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him." whatever they pleased. Mm-hmm. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. You have a near prophecy and you have a far prophecy, which is not unusual in Scripture that God would, uh, that God would do that. What, what does that mean, near prophecy, far well, prophecy? He gives a prophecy uh, that is going to be fulfilled uh, closer in time to where they are, and then there is a prophecy uh, that is farther out. Uh, in this case, like you read the prophecy uh, in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a donkey. Okay, that's the first coming. That's the near prophecy. But Zechariah goes on in verse 10. He says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. He shall rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. That's the second coming. So right in the middle of one verse to the next, he catapults more than 2,000 years into the future, a time that we still haven't even seen yet, that is concerning the Messiah's second coming, that is a far prophecy. And this is all throughout 
the Old Testament. We get these examples. You go to Isaiah 61. I mean, it's all over the place where we're talking about this is the first coming and this is the second. And what we're doing, what the Jewish community is doing, is they're really looking at that far prophecy and totally ignoring. We're putting our heads in the sand when it comes to that near prophecy. They, They always have looked for that fulfillment of that far prophecy of the Messiah, the son of David, the conquering king, coming to vanquish the enemies of Israel and the enemies of God and set up the kingdom. And interestingly, the unforgivable sin, you can go back to Matthew chapter 12 and look at that, uh, was committed by Israel. It was a national sin, and the offer of the kingdom was rescinded from that Jewish generation, okay, on a national basis. It didn't mean that individual Jews could not come to the Lord, otherwise Matthew and I wouldn't be here, Uh, otherwise thousands of Jews down through the centuries wouldn't have been here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wouldn't have been here. Paul wouldn't have been here. So individual Jews were being saved. That generation. That, that generation, the Jew, yeah, I almost forgot where I was going with that. Uh, that Jewish generation, the offer was rescinded from, and it was not given to the church. Okay, that is something that we have to really understand uh, because we have so much uh, in church history that depicts a replacement theology that the church has now replaced Israel. The offer of the kingdom that has been rescinded from that Jewish generation is going to be re-offered to another Jewish generation, the one coming out of the Great Tribulation. And one day we'll get into Romans 9, 10, and 11, and we'll answer that question of, is God done with his Jewish people? And Paul over and over says, may it never be. Now, they may have been sidelined for a period, um, and there has been that, that offer has been extended to the larger community, to the whole world, um, and Israel is called to be a light. But until that time comes, the Lord is at work. Um, now, we, we've talked about that, that near prophecy, the far prophecy, uh, that Elijah will come to restore all things. That is before the second coming or the return of the Messiah. Now, at that time, Israel will have returned uh, in repentance to the Lord, and they will finally recognize who he is, right? And this is that section in Matthew where he says, You will not see me again until you say, Baruch Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yeah. there's, there's so much more to talk about. I'm getting ready to wrap because we have a lot of this that's talked about and discussed in further detail in the ebook. But I'll give you one more chance. Is there something else that you want to throw? There, in there was just one other thing we're talking about. Uh, you know, the fact that they missed him the first time he came. Uh, Hosea chapter five and six gives us a comment on that, and uh, Hosea says in chapter five and verse uh, fifteen, he says, and this is God speaking. Yeah. He says, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face and in their distress earnestly seek me. Okay, this is talking about the second coming of the Messiah. But when is he going to come? Well, God is saying, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt. In order to return to your place, you had to have left your place, right? Yeah. This is obviously talking about the Messiah, Yeshua, and when they seek his face and in their distress, they'll earnestly seek him. And in verse six says, come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up 
that we will live before him. From the time that this happens, when that far prophecy is fulfilled, it will be three days before the coming of the Lord and his second coming. That was all Hosea, right? That was all Hosea. Yeah, Hosea 5 going into a little bit of 6. Right. Uh, can we make this really practical? Let's say I have a Jewish friend. Everybody has a Jewish friend, right? And, and you want to talk about, in this season of Christmas, um, you know, it's celebrating the birth of Jesus, this historical event that happened 2,000 years ago. And, and you're talking to a Jewish person, and they say, I don't believe the Messiah came. He's still going to come. We're looking forward to the day where he will come. And how would you just even start that conversation off on describing when the Messiah will be born? Um, you can start off with that first statement that we made was that the Messiah had to come while the second temple was still standing. Um, but what else do you say to a Jewish person who you're trying to tell them that Yeshua, that Jesus, was the Messiah? Well, uh, that is that is one thing. I mean, you go back to the prophecy that was given concerning where the Messiah would be born, and then we're talking today about when uh, the Messiah would be born. And, uh, you know, these, these prophecies uh, take a little bit of work, but you should take note that Malachi is writing after the destruction of the temple of Solomon. So Solomon's temple, the first temple, couldn't be involved in Malachi's prediction that he gives in chapter 3 and verse 1. And not only that, the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD, so the only time that that passage could be fulfilled was the time that the second temple was still standing. The Messiah had to be born during the time of the second temple. These are uh, tremendous prophecies that are written in their Hebrew scriptures. Let me give you just two practical pieces here. Uh, number one, uh, we realize that there's a lot of, and we've been studying this our whole life. We, we actually put it together the other day. Between the two of us, we've been doing ministry and reaching out to the Jewish people for about 70 years combined here. Um, so there's a lot of context. If you have a Jewish friend, um, we encourage you to give them a copy of this PDF. Point them to our website. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about this. Go up to a Jewish person and say, hey, you should read this. Go to thejewishroad.com slash Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would that have to do with me? Yeah, well, maybe just download the PDF there. You can give them the, give them the PDF. That would be the first thing. Um, and the second thing is say, hey, um, we know a couple of Jews uh, there's two Jews that are talking about Jesus on this podcast called the Jewish Road Podcast, and uh, they can take a listen. Um, hey, that was uh, question number two. Believe it or not, there's, a, <laughs> there's, there's three more questions, so we better stop now and jump to the next one. So for now, thanks for listening. This is the Jewish Road Podcast. We will see you next time. Shalom. Shalom.